0: what's today's date oh yeah monday again how does this keep happening you swore monday was over the last time it appeared now here it is again it's like that bad relationship you just can't quit you just keep crawling back for more fun it's wednesday ah hump day as they call it an actual day of the week whose name is dedicated solely to an analogous geologic formation that requires some sort of arduous enduring climb to a summit wow must be a tough week. Every week. At least it's all downhill from here, right? Again? Ah, it's Friday. The weekday version of Christmas, so it seems. Professional Phil over there is wearing casual clothes, and grumpy Gus over in that corner office has an actual smile on his face. The nightclubs everywhere are bouncing, and adult beverages can be found at, like, 200% off at that local watering hole in honor of the occasion. And you've been hearing the words Happy Friday everywhere you go since like 7 a.m. But in all seriousness, where are the colorful light displays and all the gifts? Nice try, Friday. You did your best. Better luck next year when you return.
1: So long. Farewell.
0: So the real question is, why are we so obsessed with the days of the week? Why is it we perpetually wish our lives away and then wonder where the time went when we wake up one day? What if I told you that Friday does come with gifts for you? What if maybe, just maybe, all the other weekdays could too? What if just getting through and having dread could be the start of something new instead, a real reason to get out of bed? And what if that demanding hour concerned with making a good impression could be replaced with a little branding power through your own self-expression? What if instead of awaiting that next offer letter, we could be actively creating something better? If you're looking to get through the day rather than to your day, it might be time to get off the wheel and to take the wheel. Don't just show up, show through. Don't count the hours, but make the hours count. Today we talk with fellow entrepreneur Joy the web designer as we discuss real and tangible ways to exchange the day you just endure for the one spent as a successful entrepreneur. How to stop being a follower and how to start seeing followers. How to step out of the audience and build your own audience. And how to build an online presence, because remember, every day is a present on the line. It's time to show the world what you have to offer. Because it's Showtime World. How's that for an offer letter? My name is Maria Elena. You are listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. I'm a travel-obsessed entrepreneur working from my home in Ohio to connect travelers from all over the world and to help you make your one days a reality and stop living for the weekend. I seek constant adventure while maintaining an outwardly appearing normal life with a husband, a cat, and a full-time job as a remote speech-language pathologist. I live a real-life accidental comedy show as seen through the eyes of my trusty Mount Zion Purple Windbreaker as I make my way around the world and live a life of the unordinary but not the extraordinary. Good, you alright, and welcome back to Purple Head Adventures Podcast Season 3, week eight. Uh, it's finally here. You no longer have to wait. <laughs> yes, you guys. Waiting is never fun, I know. Um I'm like the queen of impatience, you guys. Like sometimes I just get so excited for things I have to go like run half marathons in the morning to like take myself down a notch. I need to take
1: myself down a notch.
0: Yeah, the struggle is real, you guys, especially if you have as much perpetual energy as I do. It's not always a good thing, by the way, usually for the other person. But um, anyway, let's talk about my language, my introduction this week. I said, good, you can also say hi, which means hello. Um, Also, I said, you all right, which uh, sounds a lot like you all right. (laughs) It's not quite spelled the same, but it kind of means the same thing as how they do their greeting in this particular country. Now, (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but that sounds like something that somebody would say upon first meeting me like <laughs> she right over there in the corner oh man you guys um, and I said welcome which is um, that's you probably guess that that means welcome um, and the language I'm talking about here is talk which is actually a pidgin language T- sounds a lot like talk pigeon but um can anybody guess which country speaks this particular language any guesses All right, if you guessed New Zealand, obviously you've learned by now that I'm going to tell you wrong new. We're going for New Guinea today. That's what we're going for. Now, Papua New Guinea, to be exact, or Guinea is how it originally started, but um, this country is actually seen in the South Pacific. It's uh, actually the world's largest, well, third largest island, I should say, and it's part of Oceania now. I specifically chose New Guinea this week for our language lesson because as usual, as you all know by now, I do like to teach my hello in a language that belongs to a country that relates to our topic of the week. And this week we're all about talking about how to make your a, a success out of your entrepreneurship or how to build a blog or a creative influencing gig. Um, we're gonna talk a lot about how to get you know your word out there and how to actually start to grow an audience, a following, people who love your content, um, You know, turning that that side hustle, if you want to call it that. I know everybody, that's like a buzzword, a side hustle. Um, And more like a front hustle. So you can actually maybe and hopefully eventually live off your own creations. Doing what you're truly passionate about every day. That's kind of our topic today. Now I picked New Guinea because... (laughs) Well, actually, I wanted to pick the UK because apparently London is the country that has the most reported um, highest success rate of entrepreneurs. Um, And they speak English, so unfortunately I couldn't do that one. Then I thought about doing India because they apparently have the best marketing success and also they read the most blogs. But, um... I apparently already taught Namaste in a previous season's episode, um, so my last resort <laughs> was the country, the first known country that had the first original entrepreneurs, um, which came around about 17,000 BC. It was traders and merchants mostly who would exchange um, obsidian, which is a volcanic, like a volcanic um, rock or something like that, or right, it's like a, a glass, more like a glass, I should say. But um, they used to make arrowheads out of that, so the entrepreneurs there would exchange their goods for other goods. And since our whole idea of entrepreneurship is to be the first of something and to begin something new, this country definitely made the most sense of all. (laughs) So, uh, gosh, you guys, (laughs) that was an awfully long tangent on my explanation on my greeting this week, but um, again, in case you forgot who I am, let me remind you who I am, (laughs) so. So anyway, I wanted to talk this week about um, building your own brand and how you can actually build your own creative entrepreneurship or your own content because, of course, this always parallels with my own life because I'm right there working along with you guys. Um, I have many of the same goals as you, and I will tell you I have not always had it easy. I still don't have it easy, but um, I've learned a monumental amount throughout the years and about how to basically attract your audience and give them what they want you know, how to develop your own unique um, voice and your own unique kind of, you kind of develop this like avatar. So somebody that you're specifically targeting that you're speaking to and then you develop your content centered around that. Um, I've also learned a lot about strategies for marketing and creating things like lead magnets. Oh God, you guys, it sounds like an incredibly dry and daunting concept, but um, put simply, that's just basically a way of giving a sample of what you have to offer before you actually have somebody buy it. Um, It's kind of like a strategy kind of uh, for increasing your business and your sales, things like that. Now, I will tell you. We were walking in the mall, my husband and I were walking in the mall like 3 days ago and he's we walked by the Auntie Anne's. I don't know if you guys know, but like I mean, I'm sure you do. But if you've ever been in any mall of any kind, um you've probably smelled Auntie Anne's through like the entire mall and like it smells ridiculously good. I don't know what it it's just pretzels, but it smells so good. Um they used to give out samples before um this past year. I don't know if that'll ever return, unfortunately. But he goes, my husband goes to me. He's like how many t- How how much do you think they actually get, you know, sales from giving out little bits of pretzel? And I said, actually, that's called a lead magnet. And I proceeded to ramble as we were walking. I'm like, actually, there's a lot that could be said for that. And I told him about the story I'd heard about this lead magnet, where I first heard that concept of this guy that bought these brownies because they gave him free brownies because he realized how amazing they were. And well, that was a long, a long tangent, but um, <laughs> what else is new in the, the world of me, I guess? Um, anyway, I've learned a lot, you guys, just like, you know, totally on my own and also given some resources along the way, and um, I kind of had to start from the very beginning on how to build a website. Um, I've started from scratch, you guys, so I really just want to help you guys, like, not have to do all the stuff I had to go through. Um, <laughs> for one, I, I had to redo six years of work. Um, I started on Wix, if you've ever heard of that. It's like a platform for building a website. Um, let's just say it didn't have what I needed, and I ended up switching to WordPress, and I had to redo my site that I dumped six years of work into. That was a fun time, you guys. Technology. Um <laughs> I'm sure you guys remember my track record with that. So that was a good time. Um, And I also ended up, uh, I was confused about WordPress to begin with. So I just thought it was this like horribly daunting task. People either love it or hate it, but I hired somebody originally to set up my website. I've since taken it over completely and had to like teach myself code. But I'll tell you guys right now whatever you do, do not hire somebody to build a website for you and then have them like leave you in the dark and totally learn how to run your own site how to like teach yourself code and oh my god you guys it's taken like three years but um (laughs) I think I'm finally like at least somewhat good to go on that. Um (laughs) don't do that. Anyway, um I had to teach myself a lot about that and um Basically, um, you know, I've heard a lot about different, uh, like different hosting companies, and I'll tell you right now. Well, I've, I wrote a whole blog about this whole, like the, you know, I'm not going to go on to that in my podcast episode today, but I did write an entire blog on this stuff. So, <laughs> uh, if you're really curious, you can actually go to PurpleHoodAdventures.com/blog. It literally took me months to write, took me years to learn. <laughs> also, you guys, I learned another thing the hard way um, when I first started hosting events. I think like the first one. I ever did in this one city. Oh, God, you guys, it's horrible. This lady started, like, critiquing everybody at the table, and then, um, and, oh, she's telling everybody how amazing she was and how, oh, don't expect to make any money. And she she doesn't need to make money. She can just have her own entrepreneurship and not even need to make money. Meanwhile, she had, like, 10 divorces, and, like, she was, like, set for life, and I'm just like, really? <laughs> and then on that same night, this guy started eating off people's plates, and <laughs> I can't make this stuff up, you guys. It's totally my real life. Um, write down basically do the technical crap and the SEO stuff that I've learned over the years. Um, Meta descriptions, oh God, don't get me started on that. That's basically the description of your website when somebody goes to Google it. And I apparently had gone like two or three years with the first description of my entire website being like obligatory um, disclaimer that I'm an affiliate with Amazon. (laughs) Didn't even know that because I didn't even think to check before I even knew what a meta description was. So like I said, you guys, struggle is real sometimes but um like i said i wrote an entire blog on this so check that out um gosh you guys some days i find myself just like wanting to rip out my hair i swear Anyway, guys, over the past year I've had a chance to meet and connect with some pretty incredible entrepreneurs that have helped me along um, significantly through my own personal journey as an entrepreneur. now, if you all remember Shanae Braxton from last year, I think I had her on my episode ten. It was um from that bond across the pond to the friend around the bend that was all, all about connecting. She talked about her travels through Morocco. If you remember her, um, she actually has come a long way. She has her own business now it's called um business and travel she helps. Um, Entrepreneurs out there like me that are out, you know, in the travel and lifestyle kind of world, and um, through some of her events, I had the chance to meet and connect with Joy, the web designer. Oh my gosh, you guys. So the reason I have her on my show today, she is absolutely phenomenal. Oh man, you guys. Uh, Just wait till you hear from her. Now, she has taught me so much about just like marketing strategies in the creative influencing world, and right down to the psychology like behind your clients and followers. It actually helps give you success. It's been, like I said, incredibly eye-opening. It's been a great journey, and um, just understanding my own business um, better through her. So I'm really excited to have her on today. And, um, it, like I said, this is all about turning your, your idea or your side hustle into like a successful reality, kind of no matter where you are in the process, whether you're just, you know, starting out, you don't know how to begin or, um, you know, you feel stuck because you're like halfway through and you don't know where to go from there. Um, We're going to talk about some tangible ways to, you know, make that a successful reality. And I'll be adding in some of my own points in there from my collective information that I've accrued over the past several years. Like I said, I have a whole blog post on this, um, so definitely check it out. Um, I'll be adding some highlight points from that along with this. So all right, you guys, and of course, Joy will be um, <laughs> getting to partake in one of my favorite pastimes, which are games, of course, and uh, but don't even bother guessing what the game is, because you'll never guess what it is. <laughs> I swear it has a point. it um, be <laughs> really interesting, you guys. Uh, anyway, um, I'm also going to be doing my weekly Kilimanjaro Climb trivia. Now, if you're just joining us, every week I do play an audio clip from a video that I recorded on our Kilimanjaro Climb this summer, And uh, I'll ask a trivia question that goes along with it. So the idea is for you to make a guess at the answer. And at the end of our season, I'll be revealing the answers in our actual Kilimanjaro episode dedicated to the trek. So keep it in your mind. You know, write it down. Do what you got to do. And um, that's about all, you guys. (laughs) Super excited. Oh, man. Um, All right, you guys. I promise you I'm done for now. And um, enjoy your time with joy. All right, everyone, I have a special guest here, Joy, um, a successful entrepreneur and web designer who, as I mentioned, has really opened my eyes to so much in my own business. I'm very excited to have her on today. Joy, can you uh, briefly introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, absolutely. So my name is Joy. I uh, started web designing as just um, a hobby and to help out friends and family about five years ago. And then... You know, there was a point in time where I realized that I could actually make it into a career, and so I really decided to double down on it
0: and, you know, learn all
1: that I could and learn everything about business as well as web design and marketing and psychology and everything that goes into it and so now i'm here <laughs>
0: wonderful well thank you for being on our show today now um so when it comes to actually starting and running your own business and creative entrepreneurship where do you think most people kind of get stuck And what kind of words of advice would you have for our listeners about just how to keep things going do you think it's like marketing or feeling discouraged or organization tech skills what do you think most people see as their biggest barriers and how would they overcome them
1: know about most people but for me it took me so long to even really um entertain the idea that i could turn this into a career because just you know like self-doubt and then i didn't really know much about the industry and then it just seemed like so daunting there was so much that you have to do and well that's what it seemed like but then in reality once you just jump in and start doing it it's It becomes less overwhelming and you just get more clarity as you start to do it. I heard a quote once and I remind myself of this often even today in, in all areas where they say the only way to get past fear is to move through it. So you can't like think your way through fear, you have to like act your way through fear and literally once you get the ball rolling then the anxiety leaves, and you can think more clearly and you know, um, just like I said, just have more clarity about what to do and what direction to go, and just knowing that you can just you know start small. and just all you have to do is get your first client. That's all you have to worry about. don't worry about the agency that you want to have in five years because that's so daunting. What do I need to do to get one client, and then what do I need to do to get two, etc, et etc. Cetera, et cetera.
0: Yes, I think often it is. We feel so overwhelmed by the end goal. I think it is important just to take the baby steps for sure and just focus on the first goals first. (laughs) That's for sure. All right, let's pause here for a minute to talk about a couple things you need to know about building your own brand before you go that you need to understand. <laughs> okay, you guys. Now, um, we talked about like the basics of you know building a business back in my season one. I think that was October 2nd, 2019. It was called Get Busy Living, Episode 8. So if you really want to hear me go off on a tangent about cost analysis and business plans, all that dry stuff, um, you can go and listen to that. But um, this is a. This is. We're going to talk more about actually getting your website out there. And um, now, a website is important because you really have to have a clear depiction of what you have to offer. You know, you outline the problem. What is the customer coming to you for? And you need to make that really clear. And um, how you can help solve their problem. So, if you need to write that down ahead of time, definitely recommend that. Um, Now, you don't have to have a website, I highly recommend it, but some people swear by like social media, so you just have to have a a clear place where people can go to so they can understand what you're about. Alright guys, but um, we're going to jump straight into having an actual website, assuming you have out there. Now, the first thing you need to understand is that there are... Website platforms and then there are hosts and then there are both. (laughs) So I'm not going to make this overly complicated guys Probably because I don't really understand it fully myself, but there's platforms out there like I'm sure you've heard of There's like Wix and there's Weebly and Squarespace now those are all very simple website companies that um you can help you uh, Easily build a website. Those are ones like um, that have all the themes everything you need all ready to go Um, They house all your information for you. They're relatively user-friendly well, in the eye of the beholder anyway, but uh, for most people, and um, you're, like I said, your date is housed for you, um, everything is there, all ready to go, you can even a lot of times get your domain name, that's just the name of your website through them, it's great for like a simple site, so if you just want people to know what you're about, um, I highly recommend Wix, um, I know that um, Joy did too as well, I was on Wix for a while, but I couldn't use it Um, because, uh, let me just uh, explain really quick. Um, basically if you have uh, a lot of content, um, don't do what I did and, uh, Figure that out that you need more space and you need control over your own information like years down the road as in like six years down the road so like I said before I ended up having to totally redo my entire website because I had basically tours and different um, different partners I worked with through all corners of the world and uh, I couldn't just have like a search button because I didn't really have access to my own database never mind what that's really about but um, I couldn't just have a search button so somebody couldn't just go to my website Website and like search for a place without getting everything on the website so it didn't really function all that well so I had the brilliant idea of creating separate pages that were linked to buttons on a map uh, <laughs> yeah um, what could possibly go wrong right <laughs> I think on my blog I have a picture of this I think it's a gif and it's this little like cartoon character with this like dumpster fire in the background oh oh dear Yeah, guys, don't find out the hard way that um, thousands of pages on your website just isn't probably going to (laughs) load, like ever, um, and don't have to do uh, six years of work all over again. (laughs) Like I said, oh man, um, this is the reason I have a podcast, you guys. Now. I feel like nothing's ever, nothing's ever simple anymore, especially not if it involves one of my ideas (laughs) with, with my crazy brain. Um, okay. So if you do want to have full control over your website, um, I highly recommend WordPress. Now I will say right now, WordPress.com and WordPress.org are completely different things. I don't know why that information is not more readily available, but if I could speak in like capital letters, this is, (laughs) this would be the time, but WordPress.com, that's just like another Wix. It's like, it houses your information it's relatively easy to throw together it is um it serves as your host so it has all like i said your database everything is there um but it's uh you do not have control, full control over your website and um, oh by the way they will attach um, their name wordpress in your actual website so that's not cool so if you're gonna go with that you might as well just be better off on wix i suppose but wordpress.org is the one that you actually hear about now wordpress.org let me let me just say this right now. You cannot, I repeat, cannot have a functioning website using just wordpress.org. You do need to have a host like I said, a host is just somewhere that houses your information. It's your whole database. So if you do decide to switch hosts or switch platforms or whatever you gotta do, um, you will have that information. You will not have to start all over again. <laughs> so um, you'll need a host if you're gonna use WordPress.org. Um, I highly recommend like Bluehost or SiteGround. That's the one I use. At one point I used HostGator. I don't recommend them. They're not very good. Um, and also I don't recommend a shared server um, and having to, uh, if you're gonna have a lot of content by the way guys don't have round two of like non loading like ever website debacles all over again years down the road after you spent like another year building up your site all over again so yeah I highly recommend going with like a, a private network or even like a cloud network if you're gonna have a lot of information so Um, Someone explained it to me once. It's like an empty house WordPress.org is. It's like a skeleton. But you need actual data, actual information that's backed up somewhere to make it an actual, like, appearing site. So that's what that is. Um, There's also things like plugins, which I'm not going to talk too much about. Now, I don't know why I had a tough tough time understanding what a plugin was back in the day. I remember sitting with my aunt who owns her own business, and she was trying to explain to me what a plugin was, and I just, like, did not understand. But um, in my mind, a plugin was, like, I don't know. Like one of those flash players like when you go to a website and you're trying to load a video it's like sorry you need a plugin, or like you gotta have a flash player like i thought it was a flash player but i thought those things were uh, synonymous and they definitely are not although they could be because a plugin is basically just a a thing that makes your website do what it's what you want it to do it could be a calendar it could be like a newsletter it could be oh i don't know a scheduler like a tracker it could be anything you guys so it's basically the fun part it's stuff you get to add it's like a trinket to your house um, that's what a plugin is. Um, so anyway, there's some uh, very, very, very basic foundation to bring to life your creation. Everybody has, um, they feel like uh, sometimes it can be hard work, and, um, but I'm sure you'd agree that it's, it's well worth it in the end. Um, what are some of your most memorable moments of success and satisfaction with um, you know, being an entrepreneur that you can recall?
1: The first, um, there were a, a, a few moments. One is the first time I got a paying client that was not a family or friend. <laughs>
0: so
1: that That's was, huge. Um, <laughs> so that was validating. And then um, the next time is is probably when um, I actually, like, left my job and... Felt that I could really like make it on my own. And then the third is when, um, you know, I hit my first five figure month, which was a huge accomplishment. That's what I have been like, that's like always the goal. If like, you just want to make $10,000 in one month. And then, um, you know, from there, just being recognized for, like, my work and just, just like, the constant validation because even though I've been doing this for a while, I still have, like, a little bit of imposter syndrome and, you know, every time I, like, raise my, because I, I literally raise my price for every single client, even if it's only for, like, $100 or $50. Like, I charged X amount last time, so next time I'm going to charge this amount. And nobody has really um, been, like, offended. Like, how dare you charge me that much, you know? And it just makes me feel like, okay, so they see my work and they think it's worth it. And I can just keep going and going. And so it's those like little things um, on like a regular basis that has kept me going. Because, you know, you know, the five-figure months didn't happen until way, way late. But uh, just, just that validation from my clients appreciating your work.
0: Yes. Oh, man. That is definitely a moment to remember. That's for sure. Okay, now that you've had your website set up, it's time to actually fill your coin cup. So we're going to talk about ways to market yourself and how to actually gain new audience to begin with. So unfortunately, we have to start with the two dreaded words, social media. Oh, you guys, I'm sorry to do this to you, but um, those are definitely two words that uh, have very different connotations depending on who you are. <laughs> so there's basically two types of people in this world. There's the kind that have unlimited time, unlimited eyeball stamina, and definitely unlimited phone battery power and then there's the people out there like me just like struggling to keep up I think that's many of us Um, but I will say that social media can be great for things like um, getting new people to uh, come to your website so they've been doing things like um, liking videos and following things for years on like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and whatnot Um, people out there have been um, but they have not gone to your website for years your website is maybe new at this time and like how are they supposed to know about it so using this is like a catalyst to you know help people find your website is definitely works to your advantage most of the time so if you are gonna have all that stuff draining your phone battery and your energy and your stamina um, at least you get something out of it right (laughs) so Um, Also, uh, I will say something about this. So I gotta talk about something here. I know that there's a lot of social media platforms and um, a lot of people ask me, how are you supposed to keep up with all of them? Well, here's my answer you're not (laughs) okay pick two of them two is the magic number you guys whether that's youtube and and facebook or instagram and uh, twitter whatever it is pick two and then focus on those you are not expected to keep up with the eight million um, platforms out there you'd never get anything accomplished if you focused on that so yes, pick 2. And for anybody that needs to hear this, by the way, pick 2 sounds just a bit like a Panera but pick 2 is what I think of. I'm sorry you guys, like I'm like hungry right now. <laughs> I swam, swam like the English channel this morning, so um, it's one of those days. Um, okay, we're not going to go off on that. Um, hashtags, for anybody that needs to hear this, okay, those are not the same as like the pound symbol on a phone. Hashtags, by the way, um, those are ways that you can also draw people into your website and also draw people into your, your account in general. If you add a hashtag, like if you say something like eat more garlic or something, if you're writing a blog post on the health benefits of garlic, I don't know, it's just like the first thing i thought of because i love garlic for anyone that forgot um if you if you make like a little phrase like that and attach one of those hashtags to it um it'll appear on like maybe a page that's uh full of other people's posts that are about garlic and then people will find you that way um now i will say it's good to use both obscure and also common hashtags so if you do travel the world that's probably pretty common but if you say like Um, Oh, I don't know. Travel with garlic in your backpack. (laughs) I don't know. That could be, that's definitely more obscure. So it definitely finds more of a niche of special interest to help draw people to you. So also there's things like paid and organic advertising. So I know organic kind of sounds like um, the really expensive produce at the grocery store that probably has mold on it. (laughs) But there are two, it's kind of like the same thing. So organic is just people that find you naturally through like social media and then there's paid advertising which obviously you put money into but you have a, a broader range of people that you're able to t- to target basically so all right guys if you use any of these these advertising i promise you um you will be getting the messages and uh speaking of which let me just check my brief messages
1: here for a second hey there marie brittany here looking for pr in coverage october 14th and 15th are you available those dates Also, this week's capital city of Papua New Guinea is Port Moresby.
0: What, we were this far into the season and I hadn't checked my brief messages just yet. Uh, Some things never change. So when it comes to actually driving in traffic and audience to your business, what do you, um, you know, maybe there's some critical components that our listeners should know. Um, What can you tell them about actually building a following? Like, what's the most important thing, do you think? I know we've talked kind of about that before.
1: I'm kind of um, hypocritical in this regard because I do advise my clients to take certain actions to you know build their following and um to get clients and do marketing um but with me if if we're talking about me personally because um you know, I, I'm still more of a high-ticket item that I only need to, to land a couple clients every month. And so, for me, I found that it's most effective to um, reach out to past clients and get referrals or remind people um, that I do take referrals or I do, I do take clients. But like I said, that's because I'm only trying to get, you know, two, three, four, five every month. But, you know, for my clients that are, like, selling products or selling services or something like that, um, I preach less about, like, organic growth on, like, Instagram and social media, and I, I talk a lot about, like, paid advertising and, you know, the sequences that you um, create your advertising in and um, the messaging behind that whole funnel system, behind your ads, and then when they see your ads and then they don't click they see a different ad which is the retargeting app and then when they do click you know they go to your landing page which has a like it has a structure a psychological structure that I know we've talked about before yes. and all of these um points that you have to hit and then it's just about like really like the follow-up with like your email campaigns and your text campaigns and something that you may have and social media um good because you need like a presence and it helps like with your seo and stuff but um i you so you know they say you can only have two of like three sides of a triangle which is like cheap fast or effective right right and um um Or easy rather, well, cheap as in easy. I meant to say easy. Um, And so you could do, you could have like easy and effective, but it's not gonna be fast. Or you can have easy and fast, but it's not really gonna be effective, Um, whether that's uh, performance wise or cost effective. Um, so the two legs that I choose to go for is, um, using like paid advertising because I feel like organic Instagram growth, it requires a lot of, um, work. Yes. (laughs) And so, um, I would rather, you know, pay for Instagram ads and set up my funnel than try to build organic growth, but that's not to say that having a presence is not important. So, you know, I, I would rather go the, um, the easy and, um, you know a <laughs> type
0: right whatever keeps know. your hair lifted at the rest at the end of the day right <laughs> exactly, exactly yes okay we're finally done with social media we're talking about how to optimize your chances of getting found on your own website now okay so we're talking SEO now i'm sorry you guys <laughs> I'm sorry to have to say this dry term, but uh before you go running away and determine it means sorry I ever opened this podcast episode, I'm gonna explain. It's simpler than ever, okay? <laughs> Okay, so actually it stands for search engine optimization. Now if you think about a grocery store, this is kind of my good uh, analogy here, grocery stores like to anticipate like what you're going to need first and they try to put it in immediate reach although that definitely backfires much of the time. I swear like during the fall season I can't find any candy corns or any pumpkin anything because if I go to the candy aisle it's like not there like I have to go to like the light bulbs or something at the end of the aisle I don't know what their rationale is behind a lot of that stuff but I swear SEO works a little better than grocery stores I don't know who hires those people to come up with these things but um, I don't know about you guys I can never find anything in season because it's just always somewhere really random anyway um, SEO is basically used so that Google can direct its searchers to your content and there are ways to maximize Google's little ranking of you and uh, help it draw more people into your actual website. Now, I'm not gonna go into all these. Remember, I have a whole blog post about it, but one very, very, very important thing is, I will tell you, Google knows everything. And one thing it knows is if you have fresh and relevant content. Okay, I cannot emphasize those two things enough, but fresh as in your your blogger coming up with fresh posts all the time. Um, You're constantly changing information, adding things, Google knows, I don't know how, but it does, so make sure you're constantly um, posting new things, engaging your followers, whatever it is, and relevant content, okay? If your website is about garlic, don't have like half your page be talking about, um, oh, I don't know, your uh, irrational phobia of trees (laughs) or whatever it is. Um, you need to make sure that what you say your website's about, you make sure that you actually write about that on your actual page. Uh, I know it sounds simple, but you'd be surprised. You can do things like use keywords, so those are just phrases or words that you add into your, your blog posts that help um, Google understand what your website's about so that it can direct you know, readers there. Um, also make sure that your, uh, your site is easily readable and also um, user-friendly. I will say this right now you guys, just because you have good vision doesn't mean everybody out there does. So don't pick backgrounds that are hard to read. Because Google knows that too, and so do your readers when they think about not wanting to read your like bright yellow screen with white writing in the background. <laughs> don't do that. Um not that I did, but that's just you know kind of But um, okay, so let's talk about titles and slugs and tags. Okay, titles are just the title. Lugs, I swear, are not one of those like slimy bugs that you played with when you were a kid or maybe as an adult, (laughs) potentially. Um, but they're kind of the same because they stick with somebody. So it's it's stuck on the end of your website. So if it's my website's purpleheadadventures.com slash blog. Okay, so slash blog would be my slug. Okay, that <laughs> sticks to the end of your your website kind of like the real slug. It sticks to your hands all day. Tags are kind of like the real tags on your clothes. So Those are things that kind of mark what they are. It tells the person that's buying it what the brand is or you know what the size is it helps to kind of categorize things and that also helps to um to draw users in and google will understand what your website's about so you can make tags those are not the same as hashtags guys those are just words that um you use you can you're a blogger you can add them in at the end there's usually a plugin for that um but you can basically put so if you're, you're post is about garlic you could put things like garlic or health benefits of garlic or how to mask garlic breath whatever it is those are all tags but make sure they relate to your content so people can connect your followers or your readers or people that are just coming to your site uh, meta descriptions like i talked before that's just a little description of what that page is actually about or what your website is about just Make sure it's not uh, your disclaimer to Amazon (laughs) that you're an affiliate, like I said before. Um, Just make sure you check on those. I'm not going to go all in depth about those things, guys, but those are just some factors to consider and um, some easily accessible information on what those things actually are so you don't have to go perusing like 10 million blogs to try to even figure out what those things are to begin with before you even try to start building them. I swear, guys, this is why it took me so long to understand all this stuff. I know that there's a lot to remember. Oh, yeah, guys, that's basically what I sounded like just about every day over the past couple years. <laughs> so, um, one more thing to think about is just make sure your links are operating optimally and like your backlinks are working. Those are just links between different websites. Um, make sure that they're not broken because, um, A, that's not a very good experience for your, uh, your visitor, but also, um, B, Google probably knows it and it's not going to send anybody there because they're not having a good experience on your website going to all those broken links. So, I know it's kind of easy to remember, but um, you know, just It's kind of a no-brainer for that, but you'd be surprised how many times there could be broken links that you just maybe don't even realize are there. So, um, like I said, guys, I know that's all pretty in-depth, all of this stuff, but um, it's just things to think about that you can use WordPress to your advantage to help you be able to kind of organize this information and how to actually get found on Google. are just some basic concepts to think about. So, all right, you guys, this is just a few ways to make people care and be aware and to put your content back out there. And speaking of knowing, Google may know everything, but do you know the answer to this week's Kilimanjaro Trivia Question of the Week?
1: Hey again, it is the end of day four,
0: and as you see, it's nighttime again. Got my usual little uh, ear warmers in my ears. Just had dinner, we had a local um, African stew. It was delicious. Uh, what was it called? It's a mock something. Of course, you can never remember the names. Okay, that was this week's Kilimanjaro audio clip. Now, if you remember, at the end of our season, we will be having a Kilimanjaro episode, which reveals each week's answers. So try to make a guess about the question I'm about to ask. Write it down. Try to remember it. Do what you got to do. And like I said, it'll be revealed at the end of our season. So let's talk about that African stew. Um, It was definitely not (laughs) Ak-anything. I don't know why you said that. But it was actually called, okay, get ready for this. Ndizi Nyama was what it was called, and it's actually a local Tanzanian staple stew, and it's, it's known to be served with beans and also green vegetables, like kind of like a spinach known as chicha. But uh, Ndizi Nyama is the name of the stew. Now, the primary ingredients are um, big, like chunks of beef and vegetables, and which major fruit ingredient? This is basically most of the dish. Now, I will give you guys a hint. Dizi means this name, this particular fruit in Swahili. We were constantly using this term on our climb. And I also have a sticker on my car with a phrase and a picture of this particular fruit. And the phrase was said multiple times, it was taught to us by our local guides and friends. And it means cooler than this particular fruit in the fridge. And it's in Swahili, that's, uh, I'm going to try to say this, Poa Kachizi Kamadizi Indani Um So I have that on, on my car along with this particular fruit, a picture of it. Um, <laughs> irrelevant content again I know you guys Google Google would probably hate me for this um, so I'd definitely not be doing too hot on my SEO score right about now so I guess it's a good thing that I'm not adding any like tags about my car bumper stickers on this episode um, anyway what is this staple fruit known as DZ in Swahili that's the primary ingredient in the staple Tanzanian stew DZ Nyama Well, thank you, Joy, for sharing your insights with us today. Do you have any final words of advice for our listeners on starting a successful side hustle and turning it into a successful
1: business? Any final words of advice? My final words of advice will probably be um, that I know this is I know this is going to sound like woo woo a little bit, but. Um, it really does start with, like, your belief systems and your mindset and just, like, you know, finding a way to, like, put all those fears and anxieties because that is really what paralyzes you. And I think about, like, my growth in the beginning was so slow. It was so slow. And I think about, like, it didn't have to be. And I think about, like, what was holding me back. It was literally, like, paralysis. Of, I don't even know what. It, I wouldn't even say it's fear. But I think maybe, you know, limiting beliefs or you know, feeling like uh, I'm an imposter, and so it's like once. That's why, like, I kept using the word like validate in the beginning because you really should be able to validate yourself, but I didn't. So I needed that external validation from people telling me that my work is good and people paying my price, my prices, for me to have more confidence to you know pursue what I wanted and go after those clients and really just do the work, it's not that much work, but it seems like a lot of work, especially when it's like, ooh, you know, what if I put in all this work, and then I don't get any results, and, you know, they, when when they, when people talk about self-sabotage, um, it's a very real phenomenon, especially, like, as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. because um, it's like an ego protection mechanism, Right. So if like deep inside of you, you feel like I'm not really that good or I'm not worth it or whatever, you will, uh, you know, you will sabotage yourself. And so that when you fail, you can blame it on anything else except for you. So like in the beginning, I wouldn't follow up with clients that like, reached out to me and I would think to myself like, why joy is so simple. That was probably a deal. Like, why aren't you following up? But then it's like, I could say, oh, well, I, I'm terrible at follow-up and that's why I don't make any money versus, like, I'm doing, I'm putting in all my effort and I'm failing that, that would have been, like, a blow to my ego. And that's, it was, like, a subconscious thing. But once I really started, like, doing the work and reading the books and really trying to get to the root of, like, I know I have the abilities. I know my work speaks for itself. Like, why aren't I seeing the success that I want to? Um, I started, like, discovering all those things. So, more so than anything else. Um you just need to like have that mindset and believe in yourself because you know they say it's somebody out here, you know, that is ten times worse than you, but they are getting more clients and making more money simply because they have confidence and they are showing up. 80% is showing up.
0: So that's what I was saying. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree with that more. Basically what you put out there is basically what comes back to you, I think. And so, yes, you have to set yourself up the right way and not believe that you're going to fail from the start. <laughs> that is such a good word of advice. All right, let the final point on this commence, and that is learning to grow and nurture your existing audience. <laughs> yes, you guys, now this is the single most important and number one thing that entrepreneurs ignore and undervalue. And I'm not just making this up, you guys, it came straight out of a book, a very, very well known book called um, How to Blog for Profits. Um, it's a very, very common thing that entrepreneurs most oftenly do when they make mistakes. Um, so, you know, we worked so hard, we have all these. Sleepless nights, all those hair rip out sessions and screams. (laughs) So, we definitely don't want this work to go to waste, you guys. So, this is like having a housewarming party to your skeleton empty house WordPress site that we talked about earlier. It's kind of like having a real housewarming party, but for your website. Now, there are actual people on your site. Okay, this is starting to get excited, you guys. So, okay, so play this cool.
1: It is really cold
0: or even cold if you must, but um, first we need to talk about call to action. Now I know that sounds like a clapper board, which I did look up, that is what it's called, it sounds like a light camera action type thing. Um, but no, a call to action is just a strategic button, like a buy now button, like for example, if you're selling that organic broccoli that's not genetically modified, um, that could pair pretty nicely with some organic advertising, you want people to actually you know, click on it and buy it. So if placing that button in a strategic, Strategically placed position one that's easily accessible and easily tempting and make sure it is strategic you guys um, maybe a little more strategic than uh, when I was in Cambodia and this guy plopped himself down in front of me at my hostel and brought over a chess board he's like oh you want to play chess and I'm like mm, okay even though I knew darn well I didn't know how to play but I was like pretending what I did and like <laughs> it doesn't quite involve that much strategy or, you know, maybe it does, but um, maybe it's a little bit less embarrassing than that. Um, but anyway, uh, it's basically, you know, you want to put it where it's easily accessible, like I said. If you're somebody's reading about a product, maybe put it halfway down the page as they're reading it. So they're like, oh, this looks great. Let me click on this. They don't want to scroll all the way back up to the top. Things like that. Just things to think about. Um, your subscribe button, okay, you guys. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I hate when I go to a website and, like, I'll, I'm reading something really good and then all of a sudden the screen gets grayed out and this big this subscribe thing comes up and I can't, like, X out of it unless I actually subscribe. Don't do that. Don't be one of those annoying people. Like, pop-ups are okay, but just give people an option to, like, X out of it and please don't make them... <laughs> I have to do it more than once. Make that, like, a one-time deal for, like, a computer or something like that. Um, also, recipes. Let's talk about recipe... <laughs> You all know what I'm talking about, okay? Don't advertise. If you're gonna write a blog post on like a quick, easy weeknight meal, um, don't give somebody like the entire history of every ingredient that's in this entire recipe. I swear, you all know what I'm talking about. You can't go to any website to find any uh, recipe without having to scroll through like 10 pages worth of irrelevant content. It's been 84 years. Yes, that's kind of how I feel when I'm not reading those things. and I'm just trying to find the recipe. Um, Anyway, it's also important to be consistent with your newsletter. So people that do subscribe, those are your people. Make sure they don't forget about you. You know, you're sending out stuff constantly so that they, you know, they're finding your new materials. They're reading about stuff that you have. Remember, they subscribe on their own free will. They want what you have to offer. So make sure they don't, like I said, forget about you and you're constantly reminding them exactly what you have to offer. So if you need help with that, there are different platforms and businesses out there that can help you like MailerLite or MailChimp or Constant Contact, those are a few. And also make sure you have your same voice all the time. So your persona, like we talked about, be having that avatar in your mind of who you're speaking to. You know, the people out there that like your voice or the people that are saying out there, this person gets me and yes, this is totally what I'm about. now there are people that will totally not be about what you have to say and that is so okay you guys I can't emphasize that enough it is okay when people unsubscribe I remember feeling like I was like really sad when people would like unsubscribe but then I'm like and then I read in that same book that I talked about that even she this like really professional blogger always has people unsubscribing and she said that's okay in fact you want that you want to weed out the people that don't aren't interested in you and you know hone in on the people that are so make sure that you are speaking in your same voice you know your persona let your natural personality come through so for example I'm pretty humorous and hyper but I can be serious um so I do try to like post content that is you know that has a good um, underline to it but is also like not too boring to listen to so make sure you just are like I said consistent I know I said that like a million times so The bottom line is, you know, if you write from your heart, from your audience, you'll never grow apart. Well, thank you, Joy. Um, we are now up to our best part of our entire day. This is our game. Um, Joy is super excited. She's smiling over there. Um, okay, so how this is gonna work is that uh, we're gonna play a game of none other than entrepreneurship operation. <laughs> so it's because uh, building a business is often about dissecting things down and concentrating and focusing and uh, maximizing success by removing the barriers and things that stand in our way. I thought this would be a <laughs> so, um, do you remember Operation, by the way, where, um, you, you can kind of picture it where you stick the tongs yes. in there and you have to try to get out the little themed horse, like the Charlie horse or, um, <laughs> to try to not touch the side and make the, the nose light up and make that horrible sound. <laughs> so, um, our entrepreneurship operation game today will be, of course, about, um, focus and determination and removal of the bad things that stand in our way, um, while trying to determine, um, uh, what's causing the problem like it often does in our business and um Also, to try to avoid some screaming and agony along the way. (laughs) So how appropriate is that? Okay, so here's how this is going to work. So, Joy, um, I'm going to give you uh, five different uh, themed questions, and uh, you're going to try to get the question correct by grabbing um, the right piece or the correct answer. So some of the questions will be multiple choice, and then a couple of them will be um, just like open-ended ones. All right, are you ready? We have five questions. All right. Okay, so number one, we have blogger's cramp, it's kind of like the original writer's cramp. Um, So (laughs) I made these up like yesterday. (laughs) Okay, so um, what is one good way to combat feeling overwhelmed by blogging, such as, you know, like is it, um, you know, maybe problems like meeting your goals or even coming up with ideas or topics, what's one way to combat i um, feeling overwhelmed by blogging do you think specifically I know you're not a blogger but um, hypothetically
1: say um, making a plan and um make making a plan and batching and but you know not batching in the traditional sense of like I'm going to do everything in one day batching based on like um on like um uh, parts like like the steps rather so like blogging like okay one day I'm going to batch 10 um you know all my subject titles and then another day I'm going to use those subject titles and I'm going to batch all of my outlines and then another day I'm going to batch all of my things, so it's like you're being effective, um, but you have a plan and you're like spacing it out, and scheduling going to face. everything. Yes. Everything like an
0: editorial schedule, that kind of thing, for sure. All right. Exactly. Do you, I think you successfully um, completed that removal there of the uh, bloggers yeah. cramp. <laughs> all right. We're moving on to number two, the money bone. Okay. The original one was the funny bone. So, which method has statistically shown to make successful creative influencers the most money? Is it A, affiliate marketing and advertising? Is it B, guest posting, like writing on um, writing for another company? Or is it C, selling your own products or services or content? I want to say C. That's correct. Yes. In fact, forty. Yeah. In fact, forty-five percent of bloggers alone who make over fifty grand a year selling their own products um, versus eight percent of the lower income bloggers do. So the higher income ones, forty-five um, percent of those do this. So definitely, um, definitely important for sure. All right, number three, we have a broken start. Okay. So the first one, the original one, was a broken heart, of course. And uh, so when making a business plan for your entrepreneurship, it's important to analyze other businesses out there that are like yours. Um, So we have to think about the ways that we can either make it better or just generally what these businesses have in terms of strategies and strengths and weaknesses. So comparing yours to the other businesses out there, what is that called? Is it called A, industry analysis, B, company analysis, C, customer analysis, or D, competitive analysis?
1: Going to get the, um, That's correct.
0: Yeah, you got it right. Yep, it's competitive analysis for sure because you're you're um you're looking at your competitors for sure. All right, second to last one, number four, we have our Wish Loan. Now the original Wish Bone. <laughs> Don't you just love these? Um, Okay, so if you're a small business owner or entrepreneur, um, many people opt to get some sort of loan to start their business. Um, So when picking out a bank or a company to go with, maybe um, what's one thing that they should consider before going um, with a certain company or a bank? What's just one thing they might consider? Um,
1: I would say consider
0: fees. Fees. (laughs) Yeah, definitely (laughs) fees. Yeah and or yeah. like bad credit she... Yeah, exactly. once like yeah. I was, day. I was looking at like U.S. news and world report, U.S. news and world report, I guess. <laughs> I can't talk today. Um, yeah, I was looking at that, and um, they were saying stuff like that for ones that have bad credit. So, uh, you know, going by their loan options, you know, if it's fixed or monthly payments, all sorts of stuff you should consider. But yes, definitely um, under the umbrella term of <laughs> costs for sure, and how much it costs. Um, okay, final question. We have vlog- we have vloggers and bloggers. Apple, <laughs> like Adam's apple, just a bet. Um, Okay, so when considering top overall ranked computers for blogging and YouTubers, Dell was ranked number one overall, followed by which Apple brand computer? Okay, so we have, it's like Adam's Apple, we're talking about Apple computers. (laughs) That's how it made sense in my brain. Is it um, A, the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro? Is it B, the iMac or iMac Pro? Or C, the Mac Mini? What do you think's best? Uh, wait, what was the second option? The second was iMac or iMac Pro? say probably the, um, the air because it's
1: like portable and mm-hmm. still powerful. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. You literally, um, dominated that game. We're just going to turn you into a surgeon today. Um, yes. Okay. Well. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joy. and um, I I'm definitely you definitely survived all the uh, money and idea and organizational technology woes today. So um, thank you so much for being on our show. and um, for being oh, on our show, pleasure. you yeah, So for being on our show you get uh, your choice of a beer glass, um, a coffee mug or a luggage tag. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you. Have all right, happy. thanks, Joy. Bye. So now hopefully you all can put out that wicks induced dumpster fire, but understand how to spark and keep the flame going to your most burning passions and desires as an entrepreneur. Because it's time for that housewarming party, just don't forget to find a good host. But then just disconnect and enjoy the time with the people you love and who love you the most. Don't forget to unplug and enjoy all your wins that you've worked so hard for tonight. After all, you've got just the plugins that are right working for your website. And always be content with your content, because your voice and your words are key. You've got the keywords to prove it. You've got the drive. Now it's time to take the wheel. This is your call to action. This is where your creation starts. Even if you do have to sometimes have an operation on the parts. Because even a wish loan or a money bone is still something of your own. Just don't forget to subscribe to yourself and learn from all of your mistakes, no matter how long it takes. Because dedication and determination to your innovation that's unique pays. You just might start looking forward to all seven of your weekdays. You know how I know? Google told me. Google knows everything, remember? So until next time, fellow creators, independents, and entrepreneurs out there, don't forget to live life on the innovative side, the motivated side, the self-managed side, the creative side, and the passionate side, all because it comes from within side, especially that side hustle. And as usual, don't forget to not do anything I wouldn't do unless it's, of course, subject your poor unsuspecting running shoes to your endless cycles of energy. Allow Amazon to literally invade your personal space, again, Hire professionals that somehow end up giving you more work. Host events which attract famished persons and rather, let's just say, experienced spouses. Get suckered into strategy games you've never played in foreign countries. Or take six years to figure out what you did wrong. Or, you know, do. Just write a blog post on it and publish a podcast episode. But everything else, don't do anything I wouldn't do if that makes sense. See you next week.
1: The only way to get past fear is to move through it. Start small. It really does start with your belief systems and your mindset.
0: This is Marie-Elena, and you've been listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on our journeys today. If you think you'd like to hear more and you want to stay updated on the whereabouts of an accident-prone purple windbreaker, or if you just like to live the life of adventure through your earbuds, or maybe you enjoy restraining having milk coming out of your nose buds every week, don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Otherwise, you can check me out on my website at purplehoodadventures.com. Or you can check me out on Facebook slash Purplehead Adventures, Instagram, or whatever other 8 million forms of social media you might use. Until then, stay tacky, San Francisco, and remember, life is not a book to be read, but a story to be told. So get out there. And remember, always, hood down and head out.